0: Scarlet Ladies with Liz Southall, sponsored by womansthoughts.co.uk,
1: giving women a voice.
2: We are certainly giving women a voice, five women in the studio, one lady on on the phone
3: now. Hello, Catherine. Hello, good afternoon to you all. Hello, how are you today? I'm very good, actually. It's a bit miserable down here in Sussex, but uh, but it's not raining, so that's good
2: good stuff but it's, it's a bit it's much the same up here in, in sunny old Cheshire or damp old Cheshire rather <laughs> uh, so
3: we've got some ladies
2: in the studio Catherine um, that you yeah. don't know in person but I think you know through the, the powers of social media and, and good old Twitter I think that's how you met uh, Christine and Anne from Women's Thoughts is that correct? That's right yes Okay. Uh, absolutely. Well, before we we um, talked in detail to you, let's let's just hear a bit about yourself and and
3: who you are and what is it, it it what it is you do. Okay. Yeah. As you know, my name's Catherine Colas and I created a website called simplyhormones.com dot com, and this all came about as a result of my own um, debilitating symptoms going through menopause. It was ten years of hell, really. Uh, ended up on the divorce courts uh, on two occasions, but luckily we didn't go through the doors. I suffered with depression, and i have come out the other side and survived, and I kept thinking to myself, this can't just be happening to me, so I started doing a lot of research, uh, a lot of American websites, Uh, came up, there's a lot of information out there and and I came across a list of symptoms and I thought, wow, somebody's written this stuff down, I'm not mad and I was ticking all the boxes, there were about 30 symptoms. I printed it off, showed it to my husband because he thought I was quite mad and making all this up and so as soon as he saw that, he said, oh right, there is something in this then. And um, so I I attended medical conferences, I gathered a whole stack of information and eventually ended up with SimplyHormones.com which is really just laying out information for women to find out about menopause from 40 plus really because that's when your hormones change and uh, trying to help them if they're already climbing the walls and and, uh, suffering from debilitating symptoms or if they just want to know a bit more about it because they think things are changing in their lives.
2: Okay, so uh, yeah, you're, you're raising the, the awareness um, and I presume yes. you're, you're in touch with then quite a
3: few healthcare professionals and um, advisors. That's right. Cool. Yes, I get articles published as well mm-hmm. and uh, yes, it's just raising the awareness and talking about women's thoughts. Um, I was just, you know, uh, surfing the internet to see what else was out there where I could uh, perhaps talk to other people about it came across women's thoughts and in fact I've just posted an article this morning um, it's a guide for men actually uh, but I thought it would be a good idea to put it on a, a woman's website it's sexual dysfunction in women a guide for men oh, right. uh, okay. because I get I get so many emails from men saying they would like to help their partner's wives their, their women going through menopause uh, often rejected don't know how to help and um, what's this thing about sex? I'm not getting it anymore. So I've I've written an article about that, and I hope uh, lots of people read it.
1: Well, we have actually, Catherine. Anne and I have read it. And we can actually yes. tick some of those boxes too on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: so thanks very much for posting. <laughs> so uh, have, you,
2: have you actually spoken to uh, Anne and Christine before? Um, so I'll introduce no, you now.
1: Chris, yeah, Christine,
2: we've right? Okay, so this is Christine. So. Hi, Catherine. Hi, and Christine. Anne. Hi, Catherine. And we've also Hi. got in the studio Sally Inkster from Diva Dressing, who no doubt you'd have seen posting uh, on Women's Thoughts as well.
3: Yeah. Yes, I, um, I have. I've uh, often had a good look around to see what's on there. It's, it's a very interesting website.
2: It certainly is. Uh, we've got Emma Foden, who you've already spoken to this morning, our yep, fitness expert. Emma. Hi. And we've got a new a new face for uh, Redshift Radio, Jan Roberts, who's our Hello. PR specialist. Hello, Catherine. I think I'm going oh, fo- to yes. hot
0: foot it to a computer to uh, read your article afterwards, actually. Okay. It <laughs> pretty interesting. Jan's just
2: been saying, uh, you probably were listening beforehand, about how that she feels there's a lack of support for women and women's... Health generally, so I guess this sort of uh, your sort of website is is absolutely ideal. Yes,
3: yeah. Well, I, I, I found personally that every all the information seems to go above us. Um, women aren't included in the debate. It's all spoken about from levels of medical understanding, uh-huh. and uh, and we're not getting it. It's going straight over our heads, and so. That's why I feel that we've got to come in at a level that, that women are talking to women all about the same things. We understand things, certain things, but we've always got questions and we need those answered and not in such a medical, cut and dried, black and white fashion either. Mm, in a, a bit more of a gentle, uh, a clearer approach perhaps. Okay. Yes, Comparing notes, if you like.
2: Yeah. Well, I know we had yeah. a couple of questions in during the week. Um, one by email and one by um, text, um, yeah. which I, I've already forwarded to you. So um, the question about, um, I'll read the question. It says, "I hear mixed reports about the contraceptive pill being you, being good or bad for cancer. What do you advise? Yeah. What mm-hmm. What are your
3: What's your advice on that? Okay. Well, yes, but by Happy coincidence, Um, I've recently interviewed a lady called Alexandra Pope, who is co-author of a book called The Pill, Is It Right For You? And I read this book from cover to cover, and I was just absolutely fascinated. So hence, I phoned her up and said, you know, I I must interview you. How does this compare with HRT and all that sort of thing? And what she told me about The Pill and what I learnt in her book was... um, Really quite mind-blowing you know, to understand that the pill is uh, classed by the World Health Organization as a class one carcinogen. It's mm. cancer-causing,
1: right. and
3: it's in the, classed in the same category as asbestos and tobacco. Wow. Uh, but about... nobody, the medical profession, aren't addressing this. They won't speak out and so it's people like Alexandra and now myself and and all you guys that are raising awareness so members of the public know what's going on um and i think what alexandra is mostly expressing in her book is that um about the pill the doctor says it's okay you can take the drug don't worry it's that's the contraception side of things solved uh, there seems to be a whole a huge cultural taboo about valuing the menstrual cycle um, and uh and women get hung out uh, hung up about it uh we feel it's dirty it's intrusive it gets on your nerves when you're trying to perform uh, a proper job and um, so now there are other people coming into this uh women on the same level as us as us, who are talking to us in our language and saying, look, if you just understand things a little bit more um, and understand that that menstruation should be celebrated, not condemned, uh, then perhaps we'll be on a better level of understanding and perhaps we won't feel so much pain, perhaps we won't get PMS and perhaps we won't get uh, these um, terrible symptoms at menopause. So, yes, the pill is problematical and not enough people are saying anything about it.
2: Right. Okay. Do any of our studio guests have anything to add? Uh, Well,
5: I I think there's a lot of issues there. Um, Mm -hmm. The pill, the um, menstruation being celebrated, I quite agree with you. I've got three teenage daughters Mm -hmm. and I remember when I started my periods, it was sort of, taboo and my mum just handed me what I needed and that was it you got on with it but my three daughters I remember saying to them when you do become a woman you can have your ears pierced Mm. and they were so excited (laughs) and actually it was one of the best days I still remember it because we went to Claire's had their ears pierced bought a big bar of chocolate and watched movies you know and we did celebrate it for Mm -hmm. each of them and I think that that should be the way it goes for women because Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't be a taboo and it's not dirty um, as yeah. to whether the pill is a car- that high up in a carcinogenic form, I think there is quite a bit of research out there that probably says um, stopping some estrogen coming into your body at various times is perhaps a good thing, um, especially if it is a hormone-induced um, breast cancer. Um, because we know if you start your periods later, um, you get pregnant, you breastfeed, any time you have a stop in your menstrual cycle actually can be beneficial for you so i'm sure there's some research out there that works both ways so i don't think every mm. woman out there who's on the pill has got to come off it mm. um, by any means no absolutely
3: but not mm. exercise mm. actually no i'm not suggesting issue? that that women do come off the pill but just under it's it's that choice thing again yeah. yes go on the pill but understand what's Audit. happening and, yeah. and make that, that informed choice, just like HRT. It's brilliant for so many women, uh, but not for others. So it's this choice element.
0: But, but, but why, you know, if you think about it, we put a man on the moon, crikey, 40 plus years ago. Why yeah. are we even still
3: talking about it's this? Why is women. it even <laughs> still
1: a grey area?
0: You know, yes, why, don't,
1: a why don't we know this for
3: certain? <laughs> Yes, they do say that if, um, if men were the people giving birth, we'd now be celebrating this on a national level um, <laughs> rather than it being sidelined. You know, even if you're talking about your daughters. I have um, my youngest is 17 and I was discussing it with her this morning and she says, well, it's so dirty you know, because you get soiled bed linen, soiled clothes and she just cannot find a place where she can come to terms with menstruation being a good thing and that's just so sad isn't it i'm yes. sure as she gets older that will change but at the moment she's not a happy bunny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um
2: well as a, we don't want to put off the the gentleman that we know we have got
1: listening so it's we'll mm. <laughs> no, <really> not so. <laughs> we we'll
2: stop talking about uh, uh the periods and things and have a little thought, talk about <laughs> i have I actually have a question for you um for women that um suffer with PMT and it's a whole range of symptoms isn't it and some from I know friends that I've got that are really really do do suffer what what do you what would you advise what are your sort of top three um tips really to deal with PMT because it's something that I fortunately don't seem to um doesn't seem to I don't suffer with at all um and I find it quite difficult to to well, sympathize perhaps with some of my friends who do want to knock their husbands blocks off and um just turn into they do turn into witches <laughs> and we've mm-hmm. we've witnessed it okay. um yeah. and I just I don't myself understand that and what what advice do you have for for ladies in that situation?
3: Are you Are talking to me? Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. I would say, um, because PMS is, uh, that's what you get at menopause, only it's every day. So instead of every month, it's every day. So nightmare for some women. But I, I, what I have discovered over time, and if only I knew then, what I know now, is stress is mm. uh, comes top of the list. So try to de-stress, try to delegate communication, um, is a key moment as well, Learn, learning what's going on in your body, learning how other people are seeing you because I don't think we read their body language, we just fly off on one mm-hmm. and don't really uh, get that we're upsetting them um, and uh, you're talking to Emma there, certainly better nutrition and exercise, getting a fit body. Uh, helps the mind getting some fresh air even you know I, I now run out on the forest which is just up the road to me I used to do all my exercise indoors and it's made such a difference mm-hmm. to how I feel on a daily basis and I'm sure Emma will just uh, totally agree with that yeah, but it's I'm all nodding. this thing about learning about yourself and, um, and helping yourself come to terms with what's going on. You may have hang-ups somewhere and you have to find out what those hang-ups are and learn to address them and that's how you can de-stress. You, you don't notice those triggers so much anymore that upset you so easily. Mm. So that's what I would say on that. Okay,
1: thank we you. We did actually have, um, she's got going. go on, we had a lady that we knew, I think Sally knew her too, who uh, when it was the time of the month and um, mm. all her hormones were upside down and she wasn't a very happy person. Uh, she actually gave her husband a bag of minstrels to forewarn him <laughs> right, <laughs> that the minstrel cycle was going to appear. So the bag of minstrels would appear that month and he knew that this was the start of the next few days. So as long as he had the chocolate, he was all right.
3: Mm. <laughs> what a good idea, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it is. It is incredible how how those symptoms can vary so much from from one person to the other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we had another question in that came in um, as a text message, which I also forwarded on to you about the. TNM classification We've got, this is now moving on to, to breast cancer um, yeah. we, we put out a, a, a tweet um, with various tweets this week about um, questions around breast cancer um, and we had a, a text message in that said can you explain the TNM classification which yeah doesn't mean a lot to me
3: yes well when i when I read that uh, question, it didn't mean anything to me either, but luckily, I've got a medical dictionary, so I went straight to that and it's very much a question for medical experts, but what the dictionary tells me is that it's a system for describing the size and extent um, and spread of a malignant tuber it's used to plan treatment and predict prognosis. So, the staging may involve a physical examination, a diagnostic procedure, um, and even a surgical exploration and um, and from that, they can determine how your next form of treatment goes on, and um, a prognosis of course so yes it 's really something i 've never heard of it before, but it 's obviously something that 's spoken about to women when they are um, in consultation with their consultant, um, but perhaps they're not explaining it properly, hence the question. Yeah, possibly. So, because I know, um, I've having seen, been present in consultants before, you really have to take a notepad with you and make notes of different mm-hmm. things. So if there's something that you understand, you may have walked out the door and you've forgotten everything, but you've got these notes and that you can at least phone them back and say, look, you mentioned this, I've, I've uh, forgotten all about it, can you explain it to me again? And uh, I feel that that's what's happened to this lady. This T uh, N M has been said to her, and the consultants waffled on and on and on, and she didn't get it. So uh, she thought, well, perhaps I'll get more sense out of you guys. So she's uh, sent in the question, but good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that uh, We've all learned today. I think yeah. that's
2: the thing with, with a lot of... Um, it can be quite difficult going to hospitals, and perhaps, Sally, you might have had experience of this where as a patient you're being explained to with a lot of jargon and a lot of acronyms yeah,
5: yeah. Well, the trouble is you've probably just had relatively bad news yeah. as soon as you have bad news your brain shuts off anyway yeah. so you don't hear yeah. anything at all mm. so if anybody is going for um talks with their consultant if anything like cancer is on the cards it's a very sensible idea to take along either somebody else with you um but yeah. even that often isn't good enough so a tape recorder a voicemail, phone, whatever can take it so you can record it. Because lots of information is given over at that stage. Um, Depending on how good the consultant is at giving news, Um, depends how good the news is given. Mm -hmm. Um, But -hmm. you're right about the staging. That's what it it, it does count for. Uh, It's a very, very difficult thing because obviously each cancer is very individual. The cells that are involved are very different. And each type of uh, breast cancer or any cancer will have a different prognosis and treatment and outcome in Mm. itself um and lots of consultants are very wary and talking about statistics because it sounds very general plus the fact if you're Mm. a statistic you're only one statistic and whatever it (laughs) is is you you know that's 100 percent you um and statistics really shouldn't come into it. So it does get very difficult, but it is a very good indication of what sort of treatment they should mm. give you for it. And that's what yeah. And, and I think
3: I think uh, consultants know their subjects so well that they just waffle on, add in an item, and they've lost you, haven't they? They don't think, ah. Oh, now, this woman's never been in my clinic before. She knows absolutely nothing about what's going on other than she's been diagnosed with breast cancer. I need to tread more carefully. I need to perhaps discuss the different points with her in more detail and keep asking her, do you understand? And I don't think they're doing that.
5: No, well, that's um, hopefully why you have nurses in the room most of the time. <laughs> and, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it Some consultants are absolutely brilliant at doing it, others are not so good, but at the end of the day, every patient that walks through is an individual, and people cope with things differently, and you can't always tell in the first couple of meetings, so, you know, it's not an easy job to ask them to do that, but um, every patient does need to ask questions, Mm. if they want to get answers, really. Mm,
0: It's difficult, Um, I'd imagine they're quite shell-shocked, aren't they, really, to even um, get... Things out, and I, I, I find when I've seen a consultant, I'm quite conscious of his time as well. You know, by, by you know, hazard yeah. of the job, I want to ask a million questions,
5: yeah.
0: um, and you, you're conscious of the time. it is, it is always very good to have the, the nurse there, isn't it? They seem to have more time for you. Yeah, um,
5: yeah. People do tend yeah. to the internet a lot now, which can yeah. be good, and it mm, can have can its be mm. So um, you have to be careful on that one. But there is a lot of information out there. Yeah, an awful lot yeah. of yeah. information.
2: We mentioned earlier um before you came on air, Catherine, about the self testing kits and things you can buy. Yeah. What what are your thoughts yeah. on that?
3: What... Um, I don't know about self-testing kits, uh, because really it's it's your own hands that, that detect any lumps. Uh-huh. And um, there are there's a there's a charity called um where's it gone? Breastcanceruk org dot and also another organization called BreastHealthUK.com. And they both have facilities on their website, uh, little mini videos that show you how to uh, palpate your breasts with your hands and fingers to to find any lumps. And one of them, one of those organizations, I think it's Breast Health UK, actually has uh, a particular facility where you can leave your... Um, mobile phone number for instance and once a month they will text you to say check your breast Um, and and I think (laughs) that's a brilliant idea because it it helps doesn't it because apparently 90% of breast tumors are found by women themselves Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and so that's got to be promoted in women of all ages and not just um, those that are postmenopausal.
5: Absolutely and for the men that are listening it's the same for testers as well. Yes so, um, yes yeah
3: yeah. You know. yeah, yes, men get breast cancer too it's a, it's a very small um percentage of course, but they should be more wary of testic- testicular cancer um but uh, but that 's for another session, but yeah, yes, we absolutely. should all be <laughs> yeah. more aware of our um Our bodies and uh, perhaps symptoms that we tend to brush aside because Mm. we don't want to deal with, Mm. but we must. But I think
4: that's just it though, isn't it? That people need to be fit and healthy and they need to look after their bodies so that they understand when there is a bit of a difference, what that difference could be. So it might just be something as simple as getting a cold or a sore throat or something, but actually being fit and healthy you know when that's happening and you can feel it and you you know your own body so well that you actually can deal with everything that's coming as opposed to being a little bit unhealthy or being completely unhealthy and overweight and not looking after yourself yeah. and then yeah. there's something coming up you know getting a cold and it taking you months to get over it because actually you're not fit and healthy and ready to deal with it anyway.
3: That's right, yes, and, and I think it's becoming increasingly difficult for, for younger women to know what to do. Um, I, I did a super interview recently with Professor Gordon Wishart who's a, um, uh, an endocr- endocrinologist and uh, breast cancer surgeon at uh, Cambridge, Adam Brooks in Cambridge. and. He was telling me that, that there's an increase in diagnosis of younger women. At the moment, we and the, the understanding is that it's postmenopausal women, or when women are about 50, that they're more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer. But now the shift is moving to a younger age, and it's 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 to do with air pollution, um, unhealthy nutrition, unhealthy lifestyle, not enough exercise all those things. And he was saying that uh, they're predicting that by the year 2024, there will be one in seven women under the age of 50 being diagnosed with breast cancer, and I think that 's horrendous that's and um, at, at the moment that 's probably one in thousands two thousand women and to go down to one in seven yeah. is something yeah. that, that we really ought to sit up and take note of and and look at prevention and early detection that mm. really winds me up at the moment we 're always talking about how to help women get a better quality of life after disfiguring surgery, after being told they're going to spend a lifetime on drugs but when we really ought to be spending so much more money on early detection and prevention, surely Mm. it's better not to have to go through all that um, than I certainly wouldn't like to be diagnosed and have to go through all that surgery, I can't think of anything worse. Um, And, yes, I know there's a lot of brave women out there that do go through it, uh, but now some of those brave women are sticking their hands up in the air and saying, listen, I've gone through this, but I'd have been much happier bunny if somebody had told me 10 years ago that I could have prevented this. And, Mm. And it's not always preventable. I know there's a lot of healthy, fit women out there that are also diagnosed with breast cancer and so maybe that's the pollution maybe it's because Mm. their mothers were on the pill all sorts of different things but um it's something that uh, i think we've got to raise awareness of and talk about more
5: and i think that's part of the reason that we raise money for the charities because there's so much research Mm -hmm. being done that hopefully will give us the answers to those questions on why it's getting so early because uh, that's a trend that obviously needs to stop.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely. They're certainly pinpointing diet at the moment, the the unhealthy diets that um, a lot of people are falling foul of and that they need better education to understand that what they're putting in their mouth is ultimately killing them in one way or another. Um, So we've got to do something more about that.
1: I think also the fact is, I'm coming from a scenario where I actually um, had a mammogram when I was in my 30s and again mm. uh, in my early 40s because I thought that I had a lump. Um, my doctor's yeah. surgery was very good in fairness and um, I went um, and had the uh, checkups pretty much straight away, but it came down to the fact of. Um, Basically, my breasts are quite lumpy. I've been told. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, You yeah. know that is something that you have to, you know, you have to deal with and just be more aware of. Really, um, that's right. And you know, so, go and get it checked out, like yes. you did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but
3: also they're they're also saying now that mammography doesn't work for women under fifty because the t- the breast tissue is much denser. And so it's not uh, it's not seeing the tumours properly. What what would you say about that?
5: I, I agree with you. I think um, the mammograms do have the problem that if your breasts are too dense, they just can't see through mm-hmm. it. So really, you get an all clear, and um, yeah, that's not always predictable. Um, and no. with all testing and finding out things, it, it's very difficult. We were talking earlier that if you get tested for precancerous cancerous states and precancerous cancerous mm-hmm. lumps then do you want to know that 10 years before? Or could it be that because your body fights off a lot of these things, you would have never had a problem in the first place? So it is very much playing the balance. of. um, Yes, it
3: is. But but also I think finding out at that early stage that there are abnormal cells um, is also switches on a light, hopefully, that... Says, well, okay, I've got to look at my my diet now. What am I eating? What am I drinking? What else am I doing? Am I smoking? Um, all all those things, the chemicals I'm using in my house. Do I now need to just look at that? Because that's what I'm doing. I've never, I I don't have abnormal cells, uh, but that's what I'm doing anyway. Looking at all the whole area of how I live and how my family lives and trying to reduce particular areas that um could make me a potential candidate for cancer Mm. so you know i think i I was listening to the show earlier on and you mentioned thermal imaging and this is just a a heat detecting camera you just sit in front of it for five minutes with your arms up in the air and two cameras spotlight your your boobs and um there's a fan blowing at the same time so it's cooling the breasts at at the same time and what happens is abnormal breasts uh, abnormal cells don't cool down so they show up uh, as red spots on the photograph afterwards and, um, and I think knowing that earlier is uh, certainly from, from my perspective and I know a lot of other women I've spoken to, they'd say yes, I'd want to know about that so that I can take evasive action. It doesn't mean surgery, it just means that you are now in a situation where you can deal better with it. And uh, as you say, our own bodies are very good at dealing with it. But what about if our DNA renewal, our cell renewal isn't working properly for one reason or other? Stress, all those uh, life, uh, life things that that are thrown at us, all sorts of things can um, cause our cells to, to break down in some way. So it's just a case of being more aware and, um, and helping ourselves to do something about it. We're not asking for the NHS, saying, you know, demanding, you've got to do this for us. No, I think it's time we've got to take responsibility for our own health as long as the information is out there giving us the correct information and is not um, being a bit like the Daily Mail and, and sensationalizing it because it's just got to be factual, woman to woman, let's here it is it is and help us understand it a bit more uh, what do you think about that
0: i certainly agree on the, uh, the the stress i mean i i lead a very busy life and i've, I've held down quite a demanding job in you know on, on newspapers um, and as a single mum so i am pretty hectic sort of last 20 years of yeah. my life and i did something yesterday that um i thought gosh i feel so much better now i went to the gym in the morning um, now, I normally go around about tea time. I try to get all my work out of the way, and then it's my treat for me perhaps to go and do a class at the end yeah. of the day. And I remember I used to go before I went to work. I went early yesterday, and I felt so much better for the rest of the day. Yeah. There was a, the kind of the foggy brain had lifted. My eyes were alert, and I just felt right. so much more relaxed in myself. I sat down, and I shifted all my work, you know, much faster pace, and I, I just felt as yeah. if I was walking on air, really, for the rest of the day.
3: Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel the ex- about The extra me. oxygen you're pumping around your body, isn't it? Yes, your, mm-hmm. your body's saying, "Oh, whoopee, Yeah. I can go now." I, I just
0: felt much calmer inside, but I could cope. Yeah. I could work through my list for the day, yeah, without any stress. Yes. Yes.
5: best time
0: the day to exercise so you go out in the morning yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. it doesn't yeah. get done otherwise yeah. Yeah, exactly, it's getting it out of the way in the it morning doesn't yeah. the body have a natural
4: dip
5: so it goes yeah off, down it can do and afternoon. and
4: everybody is individual in, in the time that they prefer to exercise and, and again what fits in your day really and if you've got the luxury you know, possibly that you can exercise at any time of the day then experiment mm. at, to exercise at different times of day and experiment with different exercises as well so if you know, if you like to run, experiment at different times. But if you like to do a class, look at it at different times because your energy levels will peak and your body naturally over 24 hours will change kind of what it's mm. producing. Um, okay. and, and just kind of just experiment, really, and just find the time that you like to exercise and, and maybe, you know, what gives you the the
0: better I suppose the better response to, mm. to the better work done. It. Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly. self-employed yeah. now. I should really engineer. I mean, there aren't you know enough hours in a day when, when you're they're self-employed. They're but they're yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, <laughs> being, it's, being, it's being
2: kind to yourself well, and it's, saying it's this it's has easy got from, this has got to be it's, done. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah. very difficult and, and to build in. And Emma, you know how much I exercised when we first met um and now i just don't i haven't got time i've had to put my membership on hold mm-hmm. and just knowing how much there is to do here i and mm. and it irritates me so much that need... i don't actually have the time in the day to go yeah. out and yeah. and do the exercise so it's it, and I know that causes it causes me more stress. I can't get out and do yeah. stuff. And I yeah. know, yes, I can yeah. take responsibility and build it into my time. But at the moment, but, it's, yeah, but
5: it's yeah, short-lived this. I mean, short-lived. You've got, yeah. you've got short-lived to make
3: some. Setting. Yeah, you've got to make some me time. Put it in your diary, and then your other appointments will work around that, rather than you working around all your appointments. Get but your also, appointments to work around you. Yeah, I, I know it's difficult, but once you start doing it, you'll be surprised at how you can do it. Yeah. If you know what I mean.
2: Okie-dokies, we've, um, we've had a message in from um, Robert Hobbs who says my wife Sarah has been in remission for five years and we recommend a positive attitude at all times mm-hmm. to get through the dark days. Please play Definitely. Black Eyed Peas, I, I got a feeling, um, enjoying the show and well done on setting up Redshift. Thank you very much indeed for your message Robert. Um, we've got the Black eye Peas coming up for you now. Um, we're running out of time, Catherine. So we're going to have to okay. say goodbye and thank you very much, ladies. Anything else that you'd like to say um, to Catherine before she goes?
1: No, it's basically we just um, if you could post Catherine on the forum as to how the survey yeah. went with the thermal imaging and yeah. the mammogram, because I yeah. know the lay members would like to know. Um, yeah, you know, that was
3: very interesting. Yeah, what I can response just quickly say, I've, have I got time to quickly say? Yep, yeah, just, just quickly, just yeah. two things. I was very surprised that there was about a 50-50 split between who found manograms painful and who didn't. And that all turned out to be the size of your boobs. Well. The bigger your boobs, the less painful it is. And as a small-breasted woman, right that's why I suffer. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yes, I will put that information up on the Brilliant. You Thank you.
1: And Thank we'll you for also... inviting me today. We want to promote um, the new latest article you've put on our forum.
4: Yeah, um, just to say that if anybody would like to re-read it, Catherine, um, you've entitled it Sexual Dysfunction in Women, A Guide for Men. Um, It is um, in a section of ours in our forum called Behind Closed Doors. So in order to read it, you have to actually be a member. So very easy for people to come to um, our website, womensthoughts.co.uk, um, and just sign, sign up to that and then they, they can uh, easily access that and, and read it. And thank you very much for posting it, Catherine. Great. Thank can you very much. Can I ask Catherine much.
2: what her Twitter thing is so I can follow her, please? Twitter, how do we get you on sorry, Twitter, sorry. Catherine? Say that again. We, get, we can get you on Twitter by following Simply yes, Hormones. Simply Hormones, yep. yes. And at, at Simply Hormones. At Simply Hormones. And your yep. website address is? com. That's nice and easy. Thank you very much indeed. We've had while we've been on air, we've had Rise and Shine uh, tweet saying very good show. I'm learning an awful lot, uh, and oh, that's, good. Um, that's actually a gentleman. We we know he might <laughs> so learn Yeah, we lot. need
3: to we need to get more info out to the guys. It, it really is so important. You know, my my husband is. Um, was so important to me because once we did actually start talking again I learnt so much about what he was thinking. He thought mm-hmm. I was totally nuts and um, I it was a black period we went through. He said he thought he was sleeping with a stranger. Uh-huh. So it's important to bring the men into this. Right.
2: Well, thank you very much okay. indeed
3: for, for all
2: of that. We're going to go to a song now okay. um, that is for Sarah, who's, who's been in remission for five years from breast cancer and uh, got through the dark days with a very positive attitude, and that's from uh, your husband, Rob, Robert, Sarah, who's listening. Uh, thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Thank, thank you. you.
3: Thank, you. Well, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.